Praise God. So I'd like to welcome all of our guests today. I, I think I've seen several guests with us this morning. And we are so happy to have you in service today. We pray that you not only feel at home, but that you are touched by the presence of God in this service today. If you're watching us online, wherever you're watching from, we pray that you are blessed by this service today as well. Amen. Would you stand? Again, I know it's a little bit earlier than normal, and I'm going to say it one more time. This is not about being in a hurry. We're not rushing anything. I believe God's going to speak to us today and minister in this place, and we want Him to have the freedom and the liberty, and we want Brother Hurt to have the freedom and the liberty to do that. So just before he comes, now that we've done all of that stuff, I want those, those of you that would, would you just close your eyes and lift your hands and you just express somehow in your own words, Jesus, we want you to have your way in this place. We want you to have your way in this place with all of us, but I also want you to know, Jesus, that I am yielding myself to you. I want you to have your way in me today. I want your work and your will to be done in and through my life today, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We are so thankful to have with us Brother and Sister Hurt and their son Isaac from Indianapolis, Indiana. Brother Hurt, come and take your liberty in Jesus' name. Let's give God another great hand praise. Hallelujah. Amen. We serve a wonderful God. Amen. He's amazing. Like your pastor said, we're living in the best time. We're living in great times. And many may not see it. Maybe many do not understand it. Because of change. But I'm reminded in the scripture when the prophet said, Go out. Tell me what you see. The man came back. He said, I see nothing. Told him to look again. Sometimes we've got to look again. I want you to lift your hands up towards heaven. I want you to say, Lord, help me see. Help me to see. I want you to pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray that you open the eyes of your people today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that your perfect will would be done in this house. Lord, we thank you, Lord Father, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for peace. We thank you, Lord, for direction. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would fill this house, Lord God, with your glory. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that We're able to navigate in spite of what is here. We pray, Lord God, that you give us the wisdom 
to navigate in this season. In Jesus' name, put your hands together and give the Lord great praise. You can go ahead and be seated. Like I said, it is when you've got, when you've become used to a certain pattern, when you become used to a certain routine, the longer you have done that, the more challenging and more difficult it is to step outside of it. And there are some routines, there are some patterns or habits that are good. And then there are some that are bad. There are some patterns, there are some habits that we have that we do only because it worked last time. I think about the miracles that Jesus performed. Jesus would do miracles, and if you notice that when he did them, if he performed the same miracle, he usually did it a different kind of way. The results were the same, but the application to obtain those results were uniquely different for that time the individual, that season. And as we have come together, as we see life, like we talked about, changing, we're trying to figure out how we can still obtain the same results, but yet being restricted and restrained from using some of the same applications that we use in previous times to help us to obtain those results that we look after and look for. When I consider the miracles that we have seen God do, when we consider the times that we have assembled ourselves together, many of us could say that when we come to the house of God, we come with an expectation. We know that God is going to heal. We know that God is going to deliver. We know that God is going to fill people with the Holy Ghost. We know that there is going to be a breakthrough. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There was something in the house of God that David desired. David knew that there was something in God's house that it wasn't in his house. Not that David did not have a relationship with God, but there's something that happens when we come together in the congregation of the saints. I thank the Lord for the presence of God that I feel when I step into my house. As you've both and I, all of us know that there are times when life can throw you a curveball and all your desire is just, I just can't wait until I get home. There are many young people under the sound of my voice that would probably say there were times when you were in school and you said, man, I cannot wait until school is over so I can get home. There are men that are in this room that are providers 
and maybe you have spent a lot of time at work and the hustle and bustle of the workforce and the work life can get and weigh so heavy on you that you just can't wait until you get home. There's something about being in your own house. But then eventually you recognize that you were not designed just to stay at home. But in order to fulfill your purpose, you've got to step outside of the home and actually do the job that God has called you to do. We thank the Lord for the congregation of the saints. I reminded in 1997 when I first stepped foot in an apostolic service. And in that service coming out of a church that did not teach and did not have the Holy Ghost experience like we have. I remember my first encounter. And I remember sitting in one of the back few rows. And as I began to examine the people, they were very exuberant in their worship. Um, I noticed that the people that came into the church, when they walked in the church, they looked very normal. But then what happened was the person that was over the praise team took uh, the stage or took the platform. And when they did, these normal people turned into what I considered crazy people. That was at that time. And all of a sudden, they went into another phase of the service. Back then, they used to have what they called testimony service. And eventually, a lot of churches had to get rid of testimony service because people started using it as a platform to preach. But I noticed that people would get up and they would start giving testimonies about the things that God had done in their life for that week. And next thing you know, there would be a person that would get up and they would recite the phrase that your pastor recited when he was, when he grabbed the microphone earlier. They said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, they said, my soul, and they, they didn't just stop right there. They didn't just go ahead and complete the sentence, but they would go back and they would repeat it over again. And they would say it just a little bit louder. They would say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul. And, and then it wasn't good enough, so then they back up again. Why? Because they didn't want God just to hear it, but they wanted the people to hear it. They didn't want God just to fill it, but they wanted the people to fill it. So they took it up a little bit higher, and they said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and Oh, I mean, they would drag that all. And they say it in all that he's done for me. They said it until they felt it on the inside. Come on, somebody. You got to understand, we got to get back to the place where we begin to speak until we feel it on the inside. We sing it until we feel it on the inside. We preach it until we feel it on the inside. There is something that happens when we speak from the inside. They would say, my soul cries out, hallelujah. And they would, they would say, hallelujah. Then all of a sudden, there was a break in the service. 
There was a break in the spirit. There was a breakthrough. There was a dimension that they stepped into. And some people would probably consider these people to just be foolish and overly excited. And if you were in my seat and uh, coming into the service like this for the first time, you would have probably been thinking like me. I, I said that as soon as I'm able to get a beeline, I'm out the door. Next thing you know, the girlfriend that I had then at that time, her sister, she was normal until she got into the congregation. She was just like everybody else. She, you could carry a decent conversation with her, but when she stepped into the congregation of the saints and the atmosphere would change, it was like she morphed into something else. It was then her time to get up and she began to testify See, there's something that happens when we begin to talk about what the Lord has done instead of talking about what the devil has done. I, I'm telling you that when the presence of God would sweep through that place, the people would begin to talk about. It's amazing what spirit shows up when you begin to talk about it. If you want Jesus to show up, begin to talk about what he's done. You want Jesus to manifest himself, begin to brag on what Jesus has done. Can I tell you that some of us right now, if you want the devil to show up, all you got to do is just keep talking about what the devil's doing. If you want the enemy to show up, all you got to do is magnify what the devil has done. But if you want the deliver the show up begin to brag on what the Lord has done begin to exalt the name of the Lord for what he has done for the Lord is good go ahead somebody I think you can go ahead and do that right now you can go ahead and magnify him right now you can go ahead and glorify him right now hallelujah the Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my help. The Lord is my king. The Lord is my battle axe. The Lord is my strong tower. The Lord is my best friend. When my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat at my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Hallelujah. Sometimes... Sometimes we've got to learn how to testify. The Bible declares that they were overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of his testimony. Church, can I tell you that it's not just the blood alone that will save you, but a good testimony, praise the Lord, can bring you out. Come on, while you're pleading the blood, you need to open up your mouth and testify about what the Lord has done. You got to understand that David said, the same God that delivered me out of the hand of the bear and out of the paw of the lion is the same God that shall deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hand can I tell you that if you can't speak to the mountain all you got to do is testify in front of the mountain and can I tell you by the time you open up your mouth and magnify what God has done then the God that showed up back then will be the same God that will show up right now and that same God that delivered you back then will be the same God that will deliver you right now. See, the thing was, they testified. And the thing was, you know, they, they, they wanted 
to not only just to brag on Jesus, but they wanted the people to feel what they felt. They wanted people to experience what they experienced. Have you ever gotten something from God and you could not wait to share that thing with somebody? Have you ever been in your prayer closet at home and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost sweeps through that place and you just could not wait to go to work and share what God has given you to somebody else? Has anybody in this room ever had a miracle done? God turned around and you thought that this thing was never going to work you came down to the place where it was like if this thing if God does not step in and intervene praise the Lord it's going to be chaos but all of a sudden you believe God you came to the house of God and you said saints I've got a prayer request I need somebody to believe God with me praise the Lord and the saints touched and agree on that thing and they said I want you to go and get a good report praise the Lord and come Tuesday morning you went to the doctor's office and the doctor told you, praise the Lord, what he saw on the screen, praise the Lord, last Thursday, somewhere along the line between Thursday and Tuesday, that thing was removed and you said, I can't wait to get to the house of God and you came to the house of God so that you could give God praise. You walked through the door and you stood up and said, church, the Lord did that thing. The Lord moved that thing. The Lord changed that thing can I tell you church and all of a sudden you didn't realize that there was somebody on the back row praise the Lord that said Lord I need a word Lord I need a word I need you to speak to my situation and then all of a sudden they thought that God was going to come in and maybe use the preacher to preach a word to them would give them the confirmation that they needed but sometimes all God needs are you to confirm what he's going to do in your life is a good testimony that if God did it for them, then God can do it for me. Can I talk to somebody under the sound of my voice this morning that my God at one time in my life where I thought I was sick and I wasn't going to make it, my God turned around and he healed my body. Is there somebody in this room that maybe you had cancer and the doctor said you were going to die, but God said you were going to live? Is there somebody up under the sound of my voice? Hallelujah. Be seated. Hallelujah. Be seated. Is there somebody? Praise God. See, what I want in this house, praise the Lord, uh, is for somebody to just get up and testify. And what I mean by testifying, praise the Lord, is I'm looking for someone, praise God, that will stand up and will declare what God has done in your life. You got to understand, praise the Lord, that many people use their social media platform uh, to testify about what the enemy is doing. Testify praise the Lord what folks are doing testifying uh, about what the government's doing testifying uh, about what the people in the streets are doing but can I tell you uh, that God is doing something in this hour and we've got to take the message that this world wants to give us uh, and throw it in the trash can uh, and get the message that the Lord has given us uh, and get it in our mouth uh, and begin to shout it from the rooftop uh, that our God saves uh, our God heals. Our God frees. My God is a miracle worker. My God is a deliverer. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You got to understand, praise God, that our God is a deliverer. So what happened, church, the people, praise the Lord, would begin to worship. And all of a sudden, I saw uh, the, the my girlfriend's sister get up, and she began to testify. Next thing you know, praise the Lord, she began to shout. And she began to shout to the top of her lungs. And next thing you know, she started dancing all in the aisle. Praise the Lord. It was like she was in a ping pong match. Praise the Lord. And wasn't nobody hitting her, praise the Lord. But she would move from one side of the aisle to the next side of the aisle. Praise the Lord. And she was getting a little bit too close to my comfort. But can I tell you, praise the Lord, she wasn't concerned about me feeling comfortable. She wasn't concerned about how she was looking, praise the Lord. She might have came in the church with her high heel shoes on. And she might have came in the church with her hair, praise the Lord, nailed. And she might have came in with her nice little dress on, praise the Lord. But she didn't come in, praise the Lord, looking beautiful for you and for me. Praise the Lord. She came in, praise the Lord. She brought her best forward. But at the same time, she wasn't afraid to get a little ugly for the Lord. Praise the Lord. She wasn't afraid to get a little bit beside herself from the Lord. You got to understand that there was something on the inside of her and said, I'm going to get this thing out. I've got a praise on the inside and it might get a little bit ugly, praise the Lord, but I'm going to get it out. I might get beside myself, but I'm going to get it out. I will not be restrained. I will not be restricted, but I got a praise on the inside and I can't keep it to myself. Somebody needs to open up your mouth and give God some glory. Somebody needs to open up your mouth and give God some praise. Somebody needs to open up your mouth and shout at the God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. So, so what happened, church, was during those times and during those seasons, praise the Lord, the people of God looked forward to the moment, praise God, that they could enter into the house of God and really give praise and give glory and honor to God. They love to share the things that God has done. Can I tell you, church, that the Lord is wanting to bring the church back to a place where we not only give an offering, but we give in testimony. We've got to learn how to talk about what God has done. We've got to learn how to bring back something to the body of Christ where we begin to share what the Lord did for us this week. Why did they have testimony service? And what I'm here to do, I'm not here to advocate testimony service. When we pastored, praise the Lord, we did not have testimony service because folks used that thing and abused that thing, praise the Lord. But what I am saying is we've got to get back to the place where we share what God has done done. Why did they do that back then? I'm persuaded that these people were testifying years ago, praise the Lord, during the, the Great Depression, praise the Lord, when they didn't know how they were going to pay their bills. They didn't know how, praise the Lord, they were going to make it from day to day. They came in and they made sure that they shared not only the big things that God had done, but they shared the little things that God has done. Why? Because they learned how to bring some kind of encouragement uh, to the house of God. Can I tell you, church, that while we're living in a time of trying times, uh, we're living in an hour.
hour of trying times, a trying hour, praise the Lord, just like the saints of old. And the time that they lived in, it was difficult, praise the Lord, for them to project what was going to happen next. And have you ever been in a place in your life where it's challenging to figure out how is God going to do this thing? How am I going to make this thing happen? How am I going to get through this thing? And what's happened is people, they come to the house of God and they're depressed when they come and they're depressed when they leave. Why? Because it seems like God ain't working no miracles. We're not broadcasting what God is doing in our personal life. What do you mean? Praise the Lord. We're keeping it to ourselves. If you're not connected to us on an individual basis, you'll never know what God is doing on a corporate level. But can I talk to somebody that God said, I want to bring back a sounding board for what I've done. There's some people in this church that God worked a miracle for you. But if you're not on Facebook, praise the Lord, you did not broadcast it on Facebook. Praise the Lord. Most folks in this room probably would have no clue. There's some people right now under the sound of my voice. You know what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. They said, whenever I remember folks would get up and they would say things like, uh, I, 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 I told the Lord years ago that I would never sit down when it's time for me to testify. I always find something to, to give God glory about. Can I talk to somebody tonight, this morning, uh, praise the Lord, that there's more out there to give God glory for than there is to complain about. Uh, I've come to tell you that we've got to get something in our heart, praise the Lord, that says I'm going to bring God something. Uh, can I tell you, praise the Lord, that when I first came in the church, uh, it wasn't a dry praise and worship service. Uh, praise the Lord. People were glad to come to the house of God. Uh, can I tell you that there must be some excitement uh, in your heart, praise the Lord, when you're coming, not just looking uh, for the choir to sing your favorite song, not just looking uh, for your favorite song to be sung by the praise team. Uh, my friend, the Lord has given us a song that the angels uh, cannot sing. When you have been redeemed of the Lord, uh, when you have been brought out by the Lord, uh, when you have been set free by the Lord, uh, there should be an expectation uh, that you have from the Lord uh, that God is able to deliver, uh, that God is able to heal, uh, that God is able to set free. But what happens is that things get old quick. I've learned by assembling myself with the body that things get old quick. I remember one time when we were pastoring. It was, I went to a church and they had little fancy lights and they had one of those white cloth things in the back that had like a little design. And I said, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy one of those things. And I remember the first sight, first service. And there was something, I noticed that the people appeared to be excited. 
And I was like, okay, this will work. They were excited for the first two weeks. But then what happened was the excitement, it wore off. God can heal somebody of a sickness. Maybe you were dying and God performed the miracle. And all of a sudden, before you know it, after you're months removed from the miracle, what God does, had done, gets old, quick. I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost, there was an excitement. And the people were excited. But after a couple of months, it appeared that the excitement of having something new began to wear off. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? God is looking for people that will not only celebrate the things that the Lord has done, but also begin to celebrate for the things that God is going to do. There are people that have gathered themselves together. Churches would do one thing, and it worked for its season. You know, there are churches that I go to throughout Pentecost that had what we would call that Kodak moment, you know, where you catch the moment. And they fell so in love with the moment that they became captured by the moment. And though the season has changed, their mindset about the previous moment is stuck, remains the same. They have became captive by the moment. They, 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 the, the Lord desired to build upon that moment. But they decided that they were going to make their abode in the moment. And because of that, experience. You find them doing something out of repetition. It doesn't have its meaning. It's not producing the results. But because it was something that worked back then, they stay bound and they continue to do the same thing over and over again. It's like when the Lord had taken the serpent and placed it upon the, upon the stick. And whoever looked upon it lived because they could not move on from that experience. 
they began to worship the moment. We have to be careful in what we worship. We've got to be careful with what we allow our spirits to be attached to. When the Lord brought Joseph in the Egypt land and the children of Israel followed, when they initially came in, it was a blessing. Egypt was a place of refuge in the time of famine. It was the place where the Lord provided for them. Entering in, it was refuge. Entering in, it was favor. Entering in, it was provision. But after a while, things changed. And the place that once represented refuge, provision, and favor becomes a place of bondage and captivity. The very one that they found favor with now is the very one that is oppressing them. It is possible to become oppressed by the thing that you once found favor with. They stayed in this condition in bondage for 400 years until they could no longer have, they could no longer deal with the chains of bondage. They began to call out to God. Why? Because God had given Abraham a word telling them how long they would be there. As they began to cry out to God, they knew that there was something more to it than this. They began to cry out to God. God sends Moses, you know the story. And the Lord had to deliver the people of God by a mighty hand out of the hands of Pharaoh. The Lord slaughtered the military of Egypt and its leader. By the time the people of God had come out and had endured so much, I would consider it almost like post-traumatic stress syndrome. Sin will leave you messed up. They endured it for so long that it was challenging for them to move on. They're stuck. They're trying to figure out how to navigate in a wilderness. They knew what it was like for Father Abraham to leave his father's house and follow God by faith. They knew what it was like for them to call out unto the Lord in Egypt land and get them out of bondage. 
But there came a challenge when they got into the wilderness land. Because now what's going on is that God is now concerned about relationship. See, it doesn't take a relationship to get out of bondage. But it takes a relationship to stay out. It don't take a relationship with God to get you out of the world. But it takes a relationship with God to keep you out of the world. Moses told Pharaoh, he said, let my people go and let us go over Sabbath day's journey and let us go and worship God. See, in the wilderness, you know, we think about a wilderness and people hate wildernesses. But a wilderness was a place where they worshiped God. The whole purpose for the Lord bringing them out was that they may worship him. The mountain of God was in the wilderness. But what's going on is the people of God are in a place of restraint. They feel restricted. They thought they were going to higher places. But now they're in a place of isolation. Things feel as though they're dis- they're, they're distant. They're not in the same place that they once were. They're not in bondage. But their hearts and their minds are still attached to Egypt. Can I tell you that there's a promised land that we're going to. But you don't get there without a wilderness. If you despise the wilderness, you won't appreciate the promise. It's not the promised land where you gain the relationship. It's the wilderness that the relationship is established. Boundaries are set in the wilderness. The law is given in the wilderness. Direction is established in the wilderness. The voice of God is given in the wilderness. What is going on right now is that we're in a different season and we're trying to navigate in a new season. We're trying to figure out like people need the Holy Ghost. We, know, we normally lay hands on them. If a person is sick, we're used to laying hands on people. We're used to crowding around in a confined place and producing a result 
that we've been producing for years. But what happens when God strips you from the concept? What happens when God says, all right, you have become so comfortable with the routine that many of us know how to get miracles in our sleep. We know how to get folks filled with the Holy Ghost with little effort. We know how to preach without very little effort. We know how to we know how to do church. Even to the place where we've gone and we've got conferences. And the people that speak it have perfected the art of church. But what happens when the concept that you've used is no longer relevant for the hour? What happens when the concept that you've used or what you have used as an advantage in past time is no longer an option for this time? It's like, Lord, what do I do now? How are we going to get people saved? How are we going to intercede with people? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Some people come and they say it's just not the same anymore. There's some people that would rather sit at home because they say it's not the same anymore. Can I tell you that what you're used to touching, we're in an hour where God is commanding us to speak. What has happened in Pentecost is that sensation has come to an ultimate high. I, I believe that what God is looking for, he's looking for people that will be genuine. People that won't hide behind the mask. But people that say, Lord, I'm hungry and I'm desperate and I'm going to search this thing out until I find the results that we're looking for. See, the thing is, children of Israel, they were in Egypt in the wilderness and they needed daily direction from God. It wasn't one of those things that they could go a day or so and, you know, I, I, I talk to God today and not talk to God tomorrow. They needed God to bring their daily provision. The food came daily. The altar was something daily. The relationship was daily. The cloud the pillar of fire was a daily experience. If you did not walk with God daily, you was lost. Well, what is happening is that it's been proven. 
that through time, things get old. But what God wants is he wants his relationship to always be something new on a day-to-day basis with you. His mercies are made new every morning. So what are you doing to us right now, God? See, if I use a concept that's worked throughout the years, then what happens is that concept, I become more connected to the concept than I do the God that has caused the concept to work. So what God does so that we don't become religious, God will allow some things that will disrupt our concept so that not only we can produce the results, but so that we can get closer to the Lord. Because if we're not careful, we will become a worshiper of results instead of being a worshiper of the Lord. So, God is trying to pull us out of the bondage of what Egypt might have represented to you. What started off as a place of deliverance, place of refuge, place of favor, place of a favor, provision, now turns into a place of bondage. And what really made it bondage was that the people did not know how to live outside of Egypt. Why? Because somewhere along the line, between Joseph And Moses showing up, the relationship with God began to diminish. They began to function in autopilot. And what's going on right now is God is saying that what I desire to do, we're still going to have revival. You're still going to see what God said he's going to do. The prophetic words that God has spoken over your life, they're still going to come to pass. The purpose and the plan that God has for your life is still going to happen. But you saw the plan of God through your concept instead of seeing it through his divine power. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I've seen we've got to let yesterday go. We've got to let go of yesterday and say, Lord, I believe that you can do something today. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? I'm a person that I like old songs. My wife and my son, they like the new songs. 
I like songs that require a Hammond B3. They like songs that require an electric guitar. But the thing is, I've learned how to have a move of God and learn how to walk with God, whichever song is played. Do not allow change to become your bondage. When you start seeing change is something that is going to hinder your relationship with God, you're walking in the wrong direction. Why? Because the closer you get to God, the more change is going to happen. But change is there not to drive you away from God, but change is there to bring you to an altar and say, Lord, I need you more than ever before. See, before I thought I could do this thing, before I mastered this thing, but now I'm coming back to a place where, Lord, I need your help. If you don't do this thing, it won't get done. I completely depended upon you, Lord. I I am helpless. I can't do this thing without you. You can master yesterday and fail in tomorrow. If you see change as an enemy instead of seeing change as a friend. Jesus called Judas friend this man's getting ready to kill you have you killed this man is betraying you Jesus saw the opposition as something as an elevation and promotion he said he called him friend what are you saying brother Hurt The change in this world, the opposition in your life is actually going to do a job that most of your friends would never do for you. If I was to come down and lay hands on you, God would heal. But I believe that God is always desiring to get glory. See, God is not just concerned about the result. He's concerned about his glory. Would you lift your hands right now? Would you ask God, Lord, I want you to get the glory. Put your hands down. I want you to get your glory, Lord. When a child is in school, the teacher must have is an undivided attention. They must listen attentively. When a child has left school, you will notice as adults, you don't listen as much. You've got something that's working. You feel like you've got it figured out. So therefore, you're not really trying to gain any more understanding. 
You're kind of just living your best life. However, the season has changed. And God says, I'm going to do greater. And we're looking at how. Because you have put up, it, is a, it seemed as though that there have been restraints put upon us. But listen, there might be some restrictions, but there's no spiritual restraints. God is able to navigate, but what he needs is for somebody that gets hungry and says, Lord, I believe, God, that you're able to do it even right now. I started off talking about testimonies. Is there somebody in this room that you had cancer? Stand to your feet and God healed you. They're not just cancer survivors. They got the victory over it. There's somebody in this room that maybe you were on drugs and God brought you off of drugs. Stand up to your feet. They're not just survivors. God gave them the victory over it. Is there anybody in this room that your child was backslidden, lost their mind, but God brought them back? Stand to your feet. They're not just survivors. God gave them the victory. Is there anybody in this room that you were on your deathbed? And God came in and turned that thing around. Stand to your feet. They're not just survivors. God gave them the victory. Saints use testimonies as an encouragement for what God was going to do today and tomorrow. And if God had never done it for them, they used what God did for somebody else. And they said, well, if God did it for them, then God will do it for me. Listen, as people stood up, there were multiple generations that testified of things that God had done for them. Everybody did not get the same thing done within the past five years. But God is not restrained by time. 
If God did it back then, God can do it today. If God did it back then, God can do it tomorrow. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Somebody in this house needs to make some noise and say, I know a God that is able to still heal. I know a God that is able to still free. I know a God that is able to still deliver. We've got to step out of the box. If you're concerned about how you look, you're going to miss God. Like I said, the saints would worship and shout and like crazy. They did not care about how they looked. But our culture in this hour has us very self-conscious of how other people view us. I mean, you don't believe it. Go on Facebook. They've got, it used to be they just gave you the thumbs up like button. Now you got all kind of emojis. And, and people used to post what was really on their mind. When I go on my memory section and you look at my posts back in 2008, 2009, it was just random stuff. People just really posted what was on their mind. I was like, you ready to go to Burger King? But then as you learned, as I began to look through it, my post became more sophisticated. I started posting like a professional. And I I found myself, some things I'd be like, I'm not going to post that. Because I, I didn't want what other people I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't want folks, you know, getting on my post tripping. So I would, I would, I would examine what I was going to say because I did not want to create conflict. Next thing you know, you start posting things and you're like, you've got the like button. And then you've got the angry face button. You've got the smile button. You've got the heart button. There are people that take their posts down when they get a lot of angry faces. And the reason why they do that is because something within the culture is teaching you to gain the approval of people that you've never even met. It used to be that if somebody said, girl, your hair looked crazy, you was like, so? You don't, you don't do nothing. You, you ain't paying none of my bills. Somebody said, brother, you're, 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 you ain't matching. You'd be like, man, I don't care. Some of us still don't care. Hallelujah. But somewhere along the line, people feel pressured to only to, to, to put themselves out there in a way that will make other people approve of who they are. Even if it means hiding who you are. Church, 
You cannot be afraid to be different. And the reason why I'm saying this, Jesus performed the miracle. It, it, it would be orthodox to come in and be like, we're going to pray for you. God's going to pray that God heals you. And we just pray a prayer of faith, and God does it. But then there were times where Jesus would do things that just didn't make sense. He took his, took spit and clay, mixed it together, put it in the dude's eye socket. And said, now see. And he saw. It wasn't orthodox. But that's what was needed to produce the result. Jesus did strange things. But he did a great work. But then there was another person. All he did was just blind Bartimaeus. He was just on the road to Jericho. Cried out to Jesus, and Jesus acted like he didn't hear him. Cried again. Jesus spoke to the man, commanded him to be healed, and the man received his sight. There were lepers that got healed, and none of them were healed the same way. Jesus was never attached to previous concepts. He allowed, the, he allowed liberty for God to move any kind of way in any kind of situation. I am persuaded that you can get a miracle in any season. That miracles still work. The results that you saw in previous seasons are applicable to this season. It's able to happen. It's able to manifest in this season. But what has to happen is we've got to ask God, Lord, deliver our hearts from the attachment of what worked and move into a place of what works. To ask God, Lord, I, I want, let, let us pray right now. Let's pray for love. Let, let us pray for love right now. Lord, help us to love. Help us, Lord God, to love you. Lord, help us to love your truth. Help us to love your word. Help our hearts to be attached, Lord God, to that which is eternal. Lord, let our loves not be perverted. Help our loves to be righteous. Help our loves to be pure. Lord God, we want to be right in our love. Lord God, we want our love, Lord God, to produce things. Lord, you declare, Lord, that love thinks not on the things of itself, but on the things of others. Lord God, we repent, Lord God, for any selfishness, Lord God. We repent, Lord God, for having confidence in the wrong thing. We repent, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would increase our love, Lord God, so that love will begin to cast the fear out of our life. 
in the name of Jesus, the fear of what other people think, the fear of other opinions, the fear of, of failure, the fear of not things not working, the fear of, of you neglecting us, the fear, praise the Lord, of bad things happening, the fear of dying, the fear of death. Come on, I want you to begin to pray that God will give you a love. I'm talking about a perfect love. Praise the Lord. Because see, the thing is, when you seek the approval of men, fear comes in. But when you seek the approval of God, love comes in. And when you begin to have that love, love has a perfect work. There's something that happens with love that will increase your faith in God. And as you begin to increase your faith in God, then what happens is love works in every season and faith works in every season. And God will give you the word of wisdom that is needed to perform whatever needs to be performed in your life in the season that you're in right now. Lord, I want to love you. I want to love you. I want to love you in an effective way, a current way. Love that produces something. Not love that is barren but love that is fruitful. Love that will cause me to move. Love that will cause me to make a way. You take a mother that, 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 that cannot feed her children. She's not going to just sit back with hungry children. Mama's going to do something. She's going to come up with something. If there's something in the kitchen, she's going to make something happen. It will cause you to cook things that you've never cooked before. It will cause you to create things that, 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 that you never mixed and matched before, but you begin to do it. Why? Because love will put you to a place where you're not comfortable with just sitting still. Don't just accept the restrictions. Navigate through them. Open your heart up right now. Open your heart up. And I want you to begin to think about what God is able to do. I want you to begin to meditate on what God is able to do, what God is capable of doing. I want you to speak it even out of your mouth. Begin to speak what God is able to do. Begin to get that in your mind. Begin to think on that thing. Get that thing in your mind. Begin to see it. Begin to see God doing that. Begin to see God moving that way. Begin to see God opening up that door. Begin to see God move when you speak. He said, if you speak unto this mountain, he said, you can command the mountain to move and the mountain will have to move. I want you to see yourself speaking. Not see somebody else speaking to you. It's time for you to use your own mouth. Come on, I know that it worked back then, but now you've got to open up your mouth. Now you've got to have faith. Now you've got to bring something to the table. Right now, we're sitting in the room right now. We're, we're used to being able to stretch across the aisles and lay hands on each other. But now, we're not able to do that. But, but if you've got a family member, praise the Lord, that's with you, we've got to understand that the same Holy Ghost that flows to your brothers and sisters is the same Holy Ghost that's in you. 
Well, maybe, maybe dad, maybe father, you have been the provider of the home, but, but you failed at being priest. Maybe God is using this hour so that he can under usher in the priesthood in your home, that, that, that your, that your family, praise the Lord, can see the glory of God so that your family doesn't have to come to church to get what they need, what they can get at home. We mean, maybe God, what God is doing is he's saying, I want to raise you up, husband. I want to raise you up, wife. I want to raise you up, son. I want to teach you how to minister in your own house. Listen, we have perfected the art of ministering everywhere, but not having it in our own house. Come on. But, 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 but God, what God's looking for, he's looking for some men that will be priests. Maybe you have been a great provider, but right now in this hour, we don't need a provider. We need a priest. Come on. In the name of Jesus. I want you to see yourself doing it. I want you to see yourself speaking. You got to know that there's authority in your words. You got to know that there's authority in your speech. Power of life and death lies in the tongue. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Earth was out, form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God's and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Listen, we thank God for the moving of God's Spirit, but nothing happened until he spoke something. Come on, we are used to God's Spirit moving, praise the Lord. But you've got to open up your mouth. You've got to speak. Come on, you've got to open up your mouth and you've got to speak. You've got to let the Holy Ghost move in you and you've got to let the Holy Ghost speak out of you and understand that if God was able to speak and say, let there be light and light appeared and God was able to speak and cause the dry ground to appear and then he turns around and comes to the sixth day and then tells Adam to open up his mouth. Praise the Lord, after those days were completed and tells him to open up his mouth and then tells him to speak and command the beasts of the field, give the beasts in the field their name. Listen, God is expecting you to speak. You got to understand that when Adam named the beasts of the field, he did that under the authority of God and the animals submitted themselves to what the man spoke. Why? Because the man was submitted to the voice of God when he spoke the word. Church, God has given you a word. He has given you power to speak. Praise the Lord, not to remain silent. You've got to speak. you got to know just like Adam knew that whatever he spoke, it was so. And you got to know that if you speak, praise the Lord, that God is going to back you up. Praise the Lord, the devils know the power and the authority behind the name. The devils know the power and the authority that you have in the Holy Ghost. And if you will understand that tonight, praise the Lord, God will use your mouth. Praise the Lord. You've got to understand the power and the authority that you have in speech. Come on. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The concept is changing. God's going to do something different. God's going to do something. It's going to be the same results. As a matter of fact, it's going to be greater results. Pentecost had 3,000 souls that were filled with the Holy Ghost in the upper room. I mean, on the day of Pentecost, 120 in the upper room, 3,000 when they came out. But then what happens is you find in the church's history, progressing forward, they started killing Christians. But that did not 
diminish or hinder the move of God. It advanced it. Anything that comes as a hindrance is always an advancement. Anything that the enemy comes and brings to your life as a hindrance is a spiritual advancement. But you cannot see it through the eyes of your enemy. you got to see it through the eyes of God. And if you would open up your eyes, you will see the glory of God. Come on, until you begin to move, until something begins to happen, until something begins to shift, until something, until something happens in you that causes you to do something. Where we're used to concepts, praise the Lord, where, where the preacher kind of comes in and the preacher just knows everything to do, praise the Lord. But, but what's happening is that God is breaking down some of the things that we have used, praise the Lord, that were absolutely, absolutely, that were actually not really biblical and actually really not apostolic. And what he is looking for, he is looking for a people that will depend upon the body. He's looking for a people that will come together, praise the Lord, not manipulating the body, not misusing using the body but coming together as members of the body saying I'm going to pull my weight I'm going to do what God has commanded me to do I'm going to bring something to the table and as we submit ourselves as members there's a flow that begins to take place throughout the body come on what God is looking for right now is he's looking for some people that will come together and will align their faith praise the Lord not just the faithfulness of a few people that's got oil you got to understand praise the Lord there are are restraints. There's a distance. Uh, there's a barrier right now. You've got six foot apart. Praise the Lord. You've got barriers that separate you. But can I tell you that there's a place in the spirit that if we will get into the spirit of God and we will align ourselves with the principles of God, we will still see the glory of God. Well, I've come to tell you we're going to a place uh, that is beyond just having great church. Uh, I'm talking about a place that will open up the heavens. Uh, a place that will show, cause the glory of God the fall a place praise the lord that even though there's a six foot distance between you and your brother can i tell you there's no social distance uh, when it comes down to angels there's no distance uh, when it comes down to the presence of god can i tell you that if you will align yourself with the spirit the angels of the lord will show up to this house uh, and what you can't do with your hands uh, they can do with their hands uh, what you can't do with your feet uh, they can do with their feet can i tell you if you will align your faith uh, and open up your mouth praise the lord the angel will move the angel will heal the, i'm talking to somebody tonight under the sound of my voice that if you will open up your mouth and speak if you will open up your mouth and pray if you would take the restraints off i know that you loved yesterday i know that you had good church in the 80s good church in the 90s good church in the 2000s but can i tell you it's 2020 you gotta change your vision you gotta take your vision off of yesterday and advance your vision towards tomorrow our God is still able to heal he's still able to deliver he's God in the valley he's God in the mountain the God that delivered you out of the paw of the bear the paw of the lion is able to deliver you from this uncircumcised Philistine he's able to deliver the giant into your hands
Come on. So what do I do? Maybe, maybe, maybe if I gotta, if I gotta align myself, praise the Lord, what do I need to do? Maybe I need to get into the spirit. Praise God. Maybe I need to get into the spirit. Maybe, maybe we need to repent and ask God, the Lord, to forgive us for the times we came to church and we weren't in the spirit. We gotta pray and ask God to forgive us for our, for our lack of consistency. Maybe we preach and we're not in alignment with the spirit. Maybe we sing and we're not in alignment with the spirit. Maybe we need to repent and ask God to forgive us for the times that we sit in church, praise the Lord, and we're not giving him our undivided attention. I'm telling you that if you will repent right now, praise the Lord, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us. And I'm telling you that the Bible declares that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Can I tell you, if you want the revival that God has for you in this final hour, praise the Lord, a revival in your soul, a revival in your home, a revival in your city, a revival on your job. If you want to have the relationship with God that you're looking for, we've got to repent, praise the Lord. We've got to repent. We cannot be too proud to say, Lord, we've got it wrong. We cannot be too proud to confront our issues that are in our life. I'm telling you that if we will humble ourselves, I'm telling you there's going to be a grace that will come down from God above. There will be a grace of God that will fill this place. And that grace of God will allow the impossible to be made possible. I'm telling you that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I need the grace of God. I need the grace of God. Noah was saved by the grace of God. The Bible said by grace, Noah built an ark. Praise the Lord for the saving of his family. Church, can I tell you, the grace of God by faith, praise the Lord, will cause you to do some things that you thought were impossible. Can I tell you that you've got faith in what God did by yesterday because God gave you the grace for yesterday. What made your faith work yesterday was because of the grace of God. But can I tell you that the grace of God is not in yesterday. The grace of God is in today. And you need faith that's going to work today. Not holding on to the faith that worked yesterday. Come on, I need somebody under the sound of my voice this morning. Praise the Lord to say, Lord, I want your grace. I need your grace. I need your grace. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I want you to talk to him. With the grace of God. I need the grace of God in this hour. I need the grace of God. Why? Because the grace is what's going to give me the power to have faith. The grace, praise the Lord, is going to dictate what I can do with faith. Come on, there's barriers right now. Praise the Lord. But if I can activate the grace of God, if I can get the grace of God flowing in my life, come on. I know, praise the Lord, you might have some stripes on you. Maybe, praise the Lord, God's used you in the past. But can and I tell you that's in the past. Uh, we need God to do something right now. There's some more things that are coming. Uh, there's some more challenges that are coming. Uh, but can I tell you, if we can get into that vein, uh, if we can get into that place, uh, that secret place, if we will humble ourselves, uh, I'm telling you, we will see the glory of God. Uh, praise the Lord. He said, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Uh, come on, I'm telling you, your life is not over with. Uh, your day is not over with. Uh, your time 
time is not over with. There's still something that's following you. There's still a God that's following you. There's still goodness and mercy that's following you. Come on, I believe God. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I want you to begin to talk to God. I want you to get into that spirit of God until the Lord begins to tell you to do something, until you start doing some things. Come on, I would see people worship until they got a breakthrough. Maybe you can't dance up and down the aisles like you used to. Don't mean that God can't give you the miracle. You might have to use a different concept. Maybe you got to do something you've never done before. Come on, I need somebody in this room to start brainstorming and say, what have I never done before? What is it that maybe I can do by faith that can produce the result? What have I never done before? What have I never stepped out and did before? Come on, in the name of Jesus. Sometimes we do things in church that we think are appropriate, praise the Lord, so that we don't step out and seem like we're doing more, doing too much. But can I tell you, church, when you're in a place like you're in right now, you got to do something. you got to step up and do something by faith. If you do it by faith, you will. God will receive it by faith. If you do it by faith, God will receive it, and you will receive the results. you got to step out. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I've seen it, praise the Lord, where folks that could not walk, praise the Lord, could not walk, praise God, but they believed God was going to heal their body. Maybe they could not run up and down the aisles, but they tried to move their foot. I've seen it, praise the Lord, where a person was on their deathbed and could not talk. Praise the Lord, they had a, 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 a tombs up and down their throat, but they tried to shake their head. They tried to tap their finger. They did whatever they could and said, I'm going to give God the glory with everything that I've got. Listen, church, can I tell you that God's looking for a sacrifice? God's looking for an offering. He's looking for all or nothing. Listen, you might not be able to go six foot to your brother, but I dare somebody to say, you know what? I'm going to push the limit. I'm going to do whatever I can do. I'm going to operate in whatever I can operate. I'm going to give you, God, everything that I possibly can give you in the season that I'm in. That's it. That's it. Come on, I refuse to walk around in chains. Mama Mandia Satabata, 
Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. My sister in the black. You. Could you stand up? Could you stand up? What's your name? Melinda? Would you raise your hands? Sister Melinda, the Lord told me to tell you. He said, I want you to leave fear. Fear brings confusion, brings torment, brings captivity. For a long time, you have battled even within your mind. And every time you get something, you can't keep it because of the confusion that is in your mind. Even at nighttime when you're sleeping, it's like there's something in your bedroom because it's like you're hearing things in your ears from the right side of the bedroom. 
this night, this day. The Lord told me to tell you, he said, I want to heal you of the trauma. And the issue is this. It's like I see you being tormented with things that happened as a child at the age of 12. And you've never really recovered even within your mind. There's a distraction that you have because you see everyone through the past instead of seeing them through Christ and the potential that Christ can do in the future. I know right now you're in the season where even it feels like bridges have been burned. But the Lord told me to tell you, he said that I am able to restore your mind. He says, I'm able to restore you. He said, I'm able to heal you. I'm able to deliver you. The enemy has convinced you that it is impossible. You've gone to doctors. You've gone to counselors. You've gone to all kinds of people. And they all are telling you the same thing. But what they're telling you is not making your situation any better. It's making it worse. But I've come to tell you this day that God will heal you. God will set you free of every torment that binds you. Because there's a war that is going on the inside of you. There's a rage at times that begins to, that, that, that rises up in you, and I see you isolating yourself. But if you will open up your heart right now and open up your mouth right now, look up towards heaven. And I pray that the church right now will begin to stretch your hands towards and begin to pray. Everything that has you bound, God will free you from the day if you will repent. If you will open up your mouth and tell God, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord God, I need deliverance. Come on, I want you to speak that to him. I want you to say, God, I need you. Come on, I want you to tell him that. There has to be a hunger. You got to know that you're not wasting your time. The enemy has convinced you of that. He convinced you that God would do everything for everybody else. But when it comes down to you, no. The Lord is no respecter of person. He reigns on the just and the unjust. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I take authority right now over every thought, Lord God, that is plaguing my sister. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak healing, I speak deliverance, I speak breakthrough into her life, Father. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for your perfect will that you're going to do in her life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You can be seated. My sister in the back, or in the back, yes, you, with the turquoise shirt on. Yes, ma'am. Stand up. You raise your hands. Wow. Lord, the Lord said suffering is a vehicle that is used for fellowship. God oftentimes uses, uses the season of suffering 
to bring us closer to him. The apostle said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. But in the fellowship of suffering. I've come to tell you this night that God is a healer. And that God is a miracle worker. And the Lord told me to tell you that he is not leaving you in this season. As a matter of fact, there's a healing that has taken place in your body even as I speak. There's something going on with the blood flow in your body. Even to the place where I see some things going on even in the lower extremities of your body. But tonight, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus, I command the flow, the blood flow in your legs to be perfect. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I take authority right now. There's a pressure that sits on you when you lay down at night to go to sleep. Your breathing is off. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak healing to her body right now by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I see your, your, your hands and your wrist and your arms and your forearm like kind of wanting to curl up. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak against carpal tunnel right now by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I speak healing to her body. Lord God, we declare healing right now even in her thyroids. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of infirmity from off of you. That's it. Come on, in the name of Jesus, our God is a miracle worker. In the name of Jesus, behold this night. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. My sister that is on the corner with the polka dot, black polka dot, stand up. Would you raise your hands? This day, the Lord says, I'm going to remove the infirmity. There is all kind of stuff going on with you. You've got nerve conditions, physical nerve conditions in your body. You've got muscles that are spasming out like crazy. You've got knots that appear on your back and on your legs. And there's not many times that you go without pain. This day, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I declare healing to my sister. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that what the enemy used is a tool to try to make her bitter. I pray, Lord, that it makes her better. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak a healing, Lord God, to her life. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing to her family, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak peace to her heart. Lord, let her not be drained by the decisions of other people. Lord God, but help her to walk in the peace of God that surpasseth all understanding this night. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak healing, Lord God, to her muscles and to her nerves. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I command the pain that moves down the right side of her leg, from the back to the leg, down the leg, to be healed this day by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray an open door, Lord God, for her family in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would heal them that are afflicted, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I ask, Lord God, that you would deliver her mind, Lord God, from the word 
words of them that she loves. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, help her to allow her heart to be full of the God that loves her, not full of the words of people that despise her. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray a breakthrough, Lord God, even upon her right now. In the name of Jesus, come on, if this word applies to you too, you can receive this. Why? Because you are connected to her. You are a part of the body. Come on, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for your healing virtue. That's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, what is impossible with God? Man, is possible with God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The couple in the back with the two children with the flower in their head. You both hold hands. You're married? I assume so. Raise your hands. The Lord said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Lord said, I want you to not move by what you see. Move by what he speaks. Because I see God getting ready to cause a blessing to come from an unexpected place. But if you move too quick based upon what you feel, you're going to miss the will of God. I hear the Lord telling you to wait. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you guys are dealing with. But I'm hearing the Lord saying, wait. Because he's getting ready to send it from an unexpected place. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you guys are not afraid of making bold moves. And as a matter of fact, you're kind of used to and accustomed to change. Since you guys have been married, there's always been major change going on. Because all I see are bags that sit at the door like a bunch of movement. But the Lord says, I'm going to plant you. And the Lord says that I'm going to grow you. The Lord said, I do not want you to define people from yesterday. Do not use them to define the people that he has brought you to today. My brother, the Lord says you have a very hard time trusting people. You don't trust everybody. As a matter of fact, you do that as a sense of guarding yourself and protecting yourself. The Bible says have no confidence in the flesh. But if you're not careful, 
you will expect the worst out of people instead of the best. The Lord says when you do that, you do that to yourself. I've come to tell you this morning that God says I want to do something in you so that it can fall through the home. I'm telling you, I saw 2017 is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a year that's in the books that you would never want to live again. And if you're not careful, you'll look at 2020 and 2021 like the potential for 2017 to happen again. But I'm telling you that God holds your tomorrow. And I want you to start having faith For God to do great things instead of the devil doing bad things. My sister, the Lord said, I want you to take your ears away from what they're saying. you've, You've got people that are keeping you up to date. Like someone is like a messenger. Somebody is speaking things and all they're doing is keeping, is saying the stuff that you really don't want to hear. But they're saying the stuff that you don't really need to hear and it gets your spirit all disrupted. And it creates the frustration and the confusion and then it messes up your whole day. I want you to ask God, who do you want in my life in this season? And the people, some folks, they're close to you. But the thing is, it's time to start cutting some folks off cutting some people out. I'm not one that believes in just cutting people off and cutting people out all the time. But but it's one thing when a person is being a hindrance. What do you mean? It's provoking. It wants to provoke an anger and a frustration and a hurt to the place where you're removed from this place, but you're still suffering from the pains of yesterday. And sometimes people will tell you stuff, and if you're not careful, it's like you start expecting stuff to happen to people that have hurt you. But I'm telling you this day, that God says, I want to bring you into a clear place. And I see God bringing you into an open room full of soil. And you're going to grow. And your family's going to grow. And you're going to sustain what God is giving you. And what happened in the family won't go into your family. In Jesus' name, right? Put your hands together, worship the Lord. Would you lift your hands. Gary, get out of here. It's 12 o'clock. My sister, let me, before we get out of here, my sister that's got the, the striped dress on. Who's that gentleman sitting next to you? That's your husband. Stand up, husband. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is faithful and is just. My sister, 
my brother, how long, to, how long have you two been married? A year? Mm. Look like newlyweds. My brother, I saw a dark place. I saw a dark room. I saw a dark, small place. And in this place, it was the result of decisions and choices that you made. You prayed. A lot of people that were with you died off. However, the Lord kept you. You prayed and you asked God, Lord, I need you to open up this door one more time. God opened up the door. Again, not just one more time, but several times. There was at one place in your life where you were, looked like I saw you sitting down teaching men. And God was actually using you. But then what happened was when God really brought you out, it was like you forgot the things that you spoke. And some of it is because of distraction. You have lived with a frustration, even with a guilt, because of decisions that you've made that you felt like you've put other people through. But can I tell you this day, God doesn't want you living in the shame of yesterday. God wants you living in the liberty and the deliverance of your destiny. My sister, when I see you, I see pain. And I see you changing life up several times. Because every time you get someone or you get something, you lose it. Almost to the place where it's like a grief. I heard someone say that what doesn't kill you only make you better, make you stronger. Sometimes what don't kill you now just kind of kills you slow. I've come to tell you this day that God wants to God wants to bring you out in a way that you've never seen before. I see you as a go-to person. Everybody is always bringing all their stuff to you. And you accept it, even though you complain about it. You accept it because it's almost therapeutic for you. Because in the season when you felt like you should have been there, you weren't. And you relive your, you relive life, you, you try to live up or you try to make right the things that were wrong. 
or trying to overdo for everybody else, hoping that it will cover the stain of guilt. I've come to tell you this day that God says, I love you more than you will ever love them. He says, I love them more than what you could ever love them. What you've got to do is you've got to cast all of your cares upon the Lord. This day, the Lord is saying that what I want is I want you to forgive. See, the thing is, when something is snatched from you before it's time, there's a level of frustration. Sometimes we want, we want to react. Sometimes we want people not only just to react, sometimes we want a vengeance. I'm telling you this morning that if you will forgive, what I mean by that, if you will say, I want you to begin to pray for the thief. I want you to begin to pray for the murderer. I want you to begin to pray for the slanderer. I want you to begin to pray for the wicked one in your life that has done more hell and has scarred you. And I want you to release it. If we will forgive, the Lord will forgive us. But we cannot harbor unforgiveness and walk in the forgiveness of God. As you do this, there's going to be a peace that is going to be upon you. There's decisions that God's calling you to. You guys have already been talking to God, and God's already been talking to each other about, you know, man, we, 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 we really need to get, like, we got to do something. The Lord says, I will save your family if you let him do a work in you. You guys talk in tongues? You pray? You, you pray? You never talked in tongues before? Your husband talked in tongues. Yeah. I figured because I saw you sitting at a table teaching men. Um, sister, you need the Holy Ghost. If you never talked in tongues in this church, I want you to raise your hands. What's your name again? I keep forgetting. Melinda. Who else? I saw somebody else over here. Raise your hands. You never talked in tongues. You need the Holy Ghost, Melinda. My sister, you need the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is a gift from God. It's the Spirit of God. It's the presence of God. And he doesn't want to just be on the outside. He's here to get on the inside of you. The Holy Ghost will go with you when you leave this place. 
But in order to receive the Holy Ghost, you've got to repent. Husband, you've been baptized? Where were you baptized at? Right here. Sister, were you baptized? Where were you baptized at? Well, thank God you got baptized here again. Where were you baptized? You've never been baptized? Melinda. Repentance is a type of death. If you're going to die out to self, you've got to repent. There's some things in your life that will keep on going until it dies. Repentance kills it. Now, when you repent, when you die, you bury it. Baptism is a type of burial. God wants to bury you. Is there things about Melinda that you know ain't right? She's like, yeah. We got to bury it. And when we bury it, the Lord will fill us with the Holy Ghost. And when we do that, then we rise with Christ. And then we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. You want to be new, Melinda? God wants to make you new today. You want to be new, my sister? God wants to make you new today. You're wanting the same thing that God wants for you. You know how many times we wrestle in prayer because we want something different than what God wants? But something happens when we want the same thing that God wants. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. You want it? To lift your hands up towards heaven, church. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. That's it. There you go. That's it, husband. Husband, I want you to let God use you, all right? God wants to fill your wife with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Wife, I want you to take your eyes off of everybody else. Right now, God's going to use your husband as a minister in his home, a minister to you. What's going to happen? Sister, I want you to begin to repent right now. I want you to begin to talk to God. Melinda, I want you to begin to talk to God right now. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to begin to talk to God. And I want you to ask God for forgiveness. I'm turning from this stuff. Lord, help me to forgive people, Lord God. I've got bitterness in my life. I've got things in my life, Lord, that's not right. I want this stuff out of me. I want it out of me today, Lord. I can't live like this anymore, Lord. Lord God, I need deliverance. I need these chains that are broken off of me, Lord God. I am in sin. I don't like this, Lord God. I've done so many wicked things in my life. 
that I never should have done. I've gone places I never should have gone. Lord God, I've allowed things in my heart I never should have allowed. But Lord, I don't want to do this stuff no more. Lord God, I want to be free. Lord God, I want to be liberated. Lord, I cannot do this thing anymore. Lord God, I'm asking God that you would baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Lord God, I'm asking God that you would baptize me, that you would fill me with your spirit, Lord. Lord God, I don't want no more of me left, Lord. I just want Jesus living on the inside of me, Lord. Lord God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would baptize me today, Lord God. Lord God, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the fire of God, Lord God, to consume me right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would wash away all of my sins today, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking, Lord, that you would bring down every high thing in my life, Lord God. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Spirit of God. I want peace. I want liberty. I want the counsel on the inside of me, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to fill me with the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, that I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I thank you that you're going to fill me right now. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Go ahead and worship the Lord. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. Now, husband, that's it. That's it in the name of Jesus. Now, go ahead and worship the Lord, sister. Come on. I said the Holy Ghost is all over you right now. Go ahead and worship him. Come on. In the name of Jesus. That's it in the name of Jesus. Now, husband, I want you to take your hand off of her hair for a moment, husband. Come on. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Go ahead, sister. Keep worshiping the Lord. Husband, I want you to take your hand off of her head right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Keep worshiping the Lord. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Receive the Holy Ghost. Come on. That's it in the name of Jesus. Sister, that's it. Go ahead and let the Lord take over. Come on, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, sister. He's all over you right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I command you to receive, sister, the baptism of the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, right? Of the Lord, church. In the name of Jesus, that's it, sister. Receiving the Holy Ghost. Come on, let the Lord change your language right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, you're going to talk in tongues. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. That's it, brother. Go ahead and worship the Lord. Go ahead, sister. Go ahead and worship the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That sign says grow. What God is doing with the church. It's like a it's like a child, like a baby. After a while, you've got to move from crawling to walking. It's like a child. You've got to move from childhood.
to adulthood. When you grow, you've got responsibility. And God wants to make you producers. That's what's going on. And there's an expectation that every adult has out of itself. And there's an expectation that every child of God should have for themselves. Not an expectation that man has put upon us, but an expectation that God has put upon us. And we're going to walk in it. And we're going to navigate. And we're going to see the glory of God. You believe that? I'm going to put your hands together and give the Lord praise as I turn the service back over into the hands of your pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just do that another moment. Can we thank him again? I don't mean this as a habit or a ritual, but thank him for what he's done, for what he said, for the work and the move of his spirit in this place. Come on, let's not be a fulfillment of Scripture and become an unthankful people. Come on, let's not become a fulfillment of Scripture and become a people that aren't thankful for God and His work and the ministry of His Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I'm just going to, I want to say, I'm going to say one thing. I stated last night at the conclusion that there were several things throughout Brother Hurt's ministry last night. There were things that I had prayed in some time of prayer right before service. One of the things I prayed yesterday is that there would be a fresh activation of the gifts of the Spirit in this church. I know we believe in it. I know that there are people that God uses in the gifts of the Spirit. But it's not just something that's a cool little thing that we dabble in every now and then. It's not just, it's not just for our own benefit and pleasure. We cannot accomplish the work and the will of God without the operation of the Spirit. And I believe that's something that God wants to do and is doing. In Jesus' name, praise God, praise God. One more time, would you just close your eyes, lift your hands, and somehow in your words, your way, would you give God thanks? There is no way that throughout the ministry that has taken place this morning, God hasn't said something to you. You may not have gotten your name called specifically. You may not have been one of the ones over the last few minutes that God spoke directly to, but I am certain that if you've been listening at some point this morning, God has said something directly to you. Would you thank Him for it? Would you take hold of that one more time? God, I I receive what you said to me today. I lay hold of it. I'm not going to let the enemy come along and steal it before it has the ability the opportunity to produce what you sent it to do in my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.